This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast on this weekend. It's a special edition we do. Some interviews we put together from the radio show during the week, but really good ones I don't want you to miss, especially those viewers and listeners to the podcast channel only. These are super important. To find out where you can hear the Dan Bongino radio show near you, just go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder. you find a local radio station there. But before we get to our first interview, let me get to one of our sponsors. We really appreciate their time. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. First up today on our one-year anniversary of the radio show, can you imagine one-year anniversary? President Trump gave us a call on the radio show to congratulate us, and we talked a little bit about what's going on in the country. I really wanted you to hear this on the podcast channel, so check this out. All right, I got to welcome a special guest to the show on our one-year anniversary. He was our first guest ever, and he's back, President Donald J. Trump. Sir, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dan. It's great. So it's one year. Wow. I you did. You, got, you, got, you were my you first guest. Ratings. You got great oh. ratings. I was happy about it. You never well, sent me a check, on. and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you deserve yeah. royalties. You know, you ever watch uh, Shark Tank? You know, Mr. Wonderful, he loves royalties. You should, with yeah, all the Mr. ratings Wonderful you bring in, nice gosh, guy. you could make a fortune. <laughs> he is, right? I he know. is a great guy. You know, Mr. I, Wonderful I, likes Trump. He likes yeah, Trump. Well, so I like Mr. He's, Wonderful. He's great. You know, and Mr. President, you know why he likes Trump? Let me tell you something. Because he likes to make money. And that's why a lot of people yeah. miss Trump right now. Because a lot of people yeah, who I like know. money are seeing it get flushed down the toilet with this buffoon uh, in the White terrible. House now, Mr. President. I mean, we miss you. We need you back. It's terrible, Dan. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. You know, when you look at uh, fuel prices, we had, we were energy independent. I had it down to $1.87 a gallon for cars. Think of that gasoline, dollar yeah. eighty-seven, and now it's yeah. hitting. I mean, just hit nine dollars someplace, probably in California, but it's at six all over the place. And you know that's bigger than any tax increase you can give people. Dan, I don't know if you know that. Oh, but. 
it if hurts you people. Double their taxes. That's bigger than any tax increase you can be, you can give. Inflation is a disaster. Uh, the border is a disaster. The way we got out of Afghanistan is a triple disaster with the 85 billion and the soldiers killed and wounded. Don't nobody ever talks about the wounded with no arms and legs. Nobody talks about them. They talk yeah. about the 13 that died and uh, but a lot of them badly wounded and leaving Americans behind. You yeah. know, it's a yeah, terrible thing what's happening to this country. Mr. President, I appreciate you calling in. I promised your team. I knew you were busy. It was just one day's notice. I promise I'd let you go. Just a quick thought. Election day today in a lot of states. I know you feel strongly about a lot of candidates. Paxton, David Perdue. Uh, any last thoughts before you roll? And I, I deeply and sincerely, by the way, appreciate you calling in. You know, folks, just so you know what well, kind of guy Donald J. Trump is. I emailed his team yesterday and said, sir, last minute. It was actually Margo, Mr. President. Ma'am, I really would like the president to call in on the one year. And they got back to me like that, Mr. President. That's the kind of guy you are. You take care of your people. And I really appreciate that. that. I said you get back. You got to take care of your friends. (laughs) We love you from the beginning, from from the first day, right? Before you were doing this stuff. That's right. Before you became a superstar, when you were doing a little tougher work. Although I guess for you, this is pretty easy to do. But uh, you've done a great job and you're a big voice, Dan. I just say that to your listeners. You're a big, big voice and a very powerful voice. And we don't have enough powerful voices. We have weak people, very weak people. Our country is going to hell. We've never been in a position like this. Uh, And I I tell you what, we could be in for a real problem because we've never been so close to a nuclear war. I said it yesterday. There's an actual chance that we could end up in a nuclear war. That's unthinkable to have to say. And I would have never said that before. It was never it was never going to happen. Even with Kim Jong Un, I was very confident. I never said that. But with what's going on now and now you add China into the mix. But just look at Russia. Look at what's happening and the way we're going about it. And uh, we've never been in more danger of that. And that's a big that's that's the ultimate problem. When you talk about global warming, Dan, that's global warming. You're right. It's not the kind of global warming we want. You're right. Mr. President, no, thanks for no, your time. No. Yeah, you we really appreciate yourself, it. Dan. Congratulations, Dan. So Thank you, sir. That means a lot. Thanks. There you go, folks. I told you to call in to say hello. But I'm not kidding. That's the kind of people um, they are. I emailed Margo from his team yesterday. And, um, you know, there are a lot of politicians. When you run for office, you meet a lot of people. And sadly, folks, I'll let you in on a little secret. 90% of the people I've met, I'm not claiming to be some uh, saint, folks. I don't need to be beatified. Believe me, I don't deserve it. But about 90% of people you meet in politics, on both sides, you meet a lot when you're running for office. They just disappoint you. But, um, you know, regardless of who you voted for, I can tell you right now, this uh, that guy you just heard from, Donald J. Trump, him and his family too, Eric, Don, you email him about something and you say, right, Jim? You saw the emails yesterday. I emailed him. I said, listen, I know this is last minute. I honestly, folks, forgot it was a one-year show because I just, you know, we're working. I just, I said, would you mind having the president call in? Got back to me and Margo emailed me back in five minutes, maybe less, and said, let me check. And then uh, got back to me another five minutes later and said, done. Just tell us the time. And uh, I got to tell you, I I don't know if it's me being an Italian cat from New York, but that means a lot to me. I appreciate that stuff. 
says a lot about it. You don't know. What does he need me for? It's Donald Trump. You don't need me. He can go on any show he wants and whenever he wants. All he has to do is call in. But um, I appreciate that. It's a good man. That was President Donald J. Trump calling in to congratulate us on our first year on the radio show. We really appreciate it. He's a good man. Today's show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. Just because the Biden administration paused their creation of their disinformation board, it doesn't mean the fight is over. Across the country, free speech, religious liberty, and our constitutional big R God-given rights are under constant attack. That's why I'm proud to support and partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only, only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide service as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempts to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. Patriot Mobile shares our values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, the sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Go to patriotmobile.com dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code DAN, my first name. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. We've proven that when we stick together and make our voices heard, we can make a difference. So join us today. Make that switch to Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash DAN, patriotmobile.com slash DAN, or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks for your patience, and thanks to Patriot Mobile for uh, sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. Coming up next, this is a uh, powerful interview with a friend of mine. Uh, you may know, you may not know this man, but you should. His name is Andrew Pollack. Andrew lost his beautiful, beautiful daughter, special person, Meadow, in the tragic Parkland shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Andrew then went out and became an activist for change. He has a powerful voice. We just conducted this interview this past week, and uh, I think you need to hear it too. So I was telling you before the break about my next guest. Well, welcome to the show here in a second. I, uh, I was sitting in a hotel room, CPAC. The uh, families of the Parkland massacre were at the White House. And he grabbed the microphone. And in one of the most powerful you know, minutes or two, three minutes, whatever it was, it seemed like uh, just went by like that. Andrew Pollock just, uh, just dominated that room and the hotel room I was in because I couldn't get away from it. Let me welcome him to the show. A good friend and a good man, Andrew Pollock. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dan, anytime. Thanks for having me on. Of course. You've been, you know, you've been through so much. And I, I told my audience a story when you were at the White House and you just grabbed the microphone and you said, after losing your beautiful daughter, Meadow, you said, fix it, fix it. And I just sat there transfixed on the side of the bed, getting ready to give this speech, thinking, gosh, we need more Andrew Pollock's, you know. Yeah. What were you thinking in that moment? Like, I'm, this is it, and we're just, I'm just going to go for it right here. Well, I was effing pissed, Dan. You know, <laughs> my daughter was just murdered. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, there's more, my yeah. blood was boiling that this, this crap happened to me and, and took my daughter from me, my precious princess. And I was angry. You know, you're looking, there's all kids there. You know, my daughter, hopefully one day I'll see her again. But I was angry that that could happen in that time, you know, in 2018. And I'm angry again now, Dan, that it repeated itself. They didn't, you know, at least in Florida, you live in a free state. I know you do in Florida. Uh, We got what after the shooting in Parkland, uh, it was Governor Scott at the time. He put the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas 
Safety Commission together of all experts. You know, Grady Judd was on it. Uh, there was a, a bunch of other uh, sheriffs uh, in on it. And they dissected all the failures, okay? And they made changes in Florida. I guarantee you in Florida, you're not walking into a school during the day once the bell rings, okay? They, we have, we passed the law, there's, there's uh, an armed police officer per 500 students in every school. It's the law in Florida or a guardian. They allow for school districts to train teachers if, if that school district's okay with it. They go through that guardian program. I, I've been in it. I've seen it. It's extensive. Any teacher that could pass it would be an asset to any school. So what I'm getting at is Florida semi-fixed it, Dan. You know, they did a lot of stuff. Texas, yeah. people forget, May 18, 2018, there was a shooting in Santa Fe, Texas. They breached the side door, just like, in, just like with this shooting, went in through the side door and killed 10, I think it's about 10 kids, Dan. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, here we I, are Andrew, again. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. Sorry, you know ahead. what I mean? And, and it sickens me, bro. I'm so sick that there's 19 families now in my boat that's miserable forever that's never going to be the same. You know, I've been watching your interviews, Andrew, and uh, I, I, I sincerely am very grateful for your time. And I, I, I don't want to constantly, I don't want to even say open a wound because it never closes, but I've been watching your interviews and you said something the other day, you know, that, that there, there's, there's these sad, uh, I, I'm having a hard time, Andrew, because I really, I, I want to be delicate with my words, given everything you've been oh, through. Dude, I that can there, take th anything, bro, but I've been, nah, you're going to say. I know, I know, it's just, I feel like I mean? it's my People responsibility to, 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 yeah. to not sound like an idiot, you know. Um, these parents, you were saying how these parents are, that you're never, you're never going to get over this. And I, it was just different than what I hear from, from some other people in other things. And I, I think that's important to get out there that this, this pain just doesn't go away. I'm not going to sit here and spin your wheels. No, it never goes away. I got goosebumps thinking about it right now. Just talking to you. You know, I see, I have a shrine at my house of my daughter. That's all I got. And I pass it. I look at it. These emotions come through me. I could just be anywhere, you know, and, and I just start thinking about her and, you know, you, you, you just live, in a different world, you know, I'm in a different world now than I was in. I, I was very active when I was in Florida. You know, I had so many friends. I played lacrosse tw twice, twice a week. I coached, you know, your life's never the same when something like this happens. It changes you. It takes half of my heart's gone, Dan. You know what I mean? It's never going to be. And I don't sugarcoat things for these other parents with it. You know, what am I going to tell them? Yeah, it's going to take a little while. You'll feel better. You'll get back to your old. Uh, you know, you'll get back to the way it was. That, that's not truthful, you know, and I and I yeah. want to be truthful, you know, because to everyone, oh, well, how is it? Well, I'm happy that a lot of no one in the world's ever going to have to feel like I do. But what, but the people that are going through it, there's nothing you could do for them. You know what I mean? You could be there as a yeah. friend, but they're never going to be the same. Yeah, we're talking to Andrew Pollack, who tragically lost his uh, beautiful daughter. <sighs> Sorry, uh, what am I? I'm I'm Meadow. I, no, I know her. I'm just. I'm sorry. I know her name. Andrew. Yeah, it's just, brutal. Uh, Dan. You get me choked and up when I talk to you because it's really difficult to talk to you. Um, because you're such a. I mean, really, I I can't. I have two daughters, man, and I, like from the bottom of my heart, I can't even imagine how oh, not only sorry. that you went through it, but how you still 
are an open voice. You talk to others about it. You, 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 you didn't stop. Your daughter was dead. And you went out there and you said, I'm not going to let, while you're grieving, you said, I'm not going to let this happen to anybody else. I'm going to go out. I'm going to meet with the governor and his task force, and we're going to change this damn thing. You know, your strength, man, is, so I'm sorry, I got a little broken up there. Your strength is just yeah. admirable. It's incredible. Well, thanks, because you know what? I got this angel on my shoulder, Dan. And, and I, I, you know what I mean? I, and I can honestly, in my heart, I did everything possible that I could do. You know, sometimes I take a step back. You know, even like what happened, I had to take a step back from it, doing it all the time. But I did a lot. You know what I mean? I, I, I met with President Trump. He did a whole safety. You know, they didn't do if it's not for me out speaking, the media takes control of this crap. They start with the gun control and, and nothing gets fixed. But yeah. what I say now to parents, OK, well, because I can't take the burden of everything no more. It's your responsibility, Dan. you got two daughters. It's your response. As a parent, you drop your kid off at the school, right? You have to know that that school, no one's getting in. There's armed police at the school, and you're responsible. Like the, the parents in Texas, it's 2022. You know, I, I hate to say this, but the parent, you can't just put the responsibility on the school district. It's horrible. Parents, tomorrow, anyone that's listening to Dan, do your homework, drop your kids off, wait 20 minutes after the bell rings, and go back to the school, knock on a door, see if someone opens it, and, and, and do your homework to make sure your kids are safe. It's your responsibility. I can't burn yeah. it for everybody no more. That's a good point, Andrew. I'm, I'm doing a whole um, show this weekend about it. I feel like it's really that important, um, uh, solutions to this. You know, one of the things... And I may have had this conversation with you privately in the past. It's frustrated me about this entire process is, you know, in, in my prior line of work where we were protecting, um, you know, presidents and heads of state, you know, that air quotes, important people. Right. Um, If something, God forbid, like this was to happen where there was such a massive breach of security, like happened at Parkland and people died, people died. Andrew, there would have been. The Secret Service would be out of business. They 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 would they they turn it over to the FBI probably tomorrow. They'd say you guys failed. Uh, there'd be a massive autopsy of what happened. There'd be changes instituted immediately. There'd be a Praetorian guard around the president until they can figure out what happened. But the strange thing about the kids is, after kids die, even your daughter, yep. what happens? You can you can yeah. predict by someone's political party affiliation exactly what they're going to say and they don't give a damn about fixing anything to make the kids lives more secure moving forward well let me tell you something no different that happened in florida i think the first time i met you was in fort lauderdale at what's those dinners the lobster dinner what do they call that when when all the yeah the lobster fest lobster fest Fest. (laughs) i met you that night right i met you there uh we met and i happened to meet uh Ron DeSantis that night, okay? And Ron, he's great, man. Ron told me, you know, I was undecided at that time. Ron was running and that Putnam was running, okay? And I was undecided who I was going to get behind. Ron told me that night, he says, Andy, I'm going to hold these people accountable, right? So I met with him. I said, Ron, you're going to hold these local officials accountable? He goes, yes, I am. 
He says, well, I'm going to get behind you then, right? I worked my ass off, Dan, to get help get Ron elected. Yeah. What does Ron do yeah. the first week? He removes that piece of garbage, uh, Sheriff Israel, from office. That was a total failure. Remember that guy? Yes, Israel, of course. It's hard to, for, so, hard to forget for all so, the wrong reasons. Yeah, so Ron held him accountable, right? He was gone, so something did change. Then they put a grand jury investigation into the school district. And since that time, so the superintendent of Broward County, uh, Runcie, was arrested on perjury charge, felony perjury charges, Dan. And also the deputy that didn't go in that day, Deputy Peterson, who hid behind the wall while he heard shots of children getting murdered, and he hid there and didn't move for 40 minutes while my daughter got shot nine times. He's been arrested on child endangerment, and his trial, people don't notice, now they know, the, the coward of Broward who hid, he's, his trial is set for mid-September in Broward on felony charges, and if he's, held, if he's found guilty, he'll do jail time, and he's getting a pension now of 110000 a year for letting 17 people get murdered on, on his watch. So things did change. No one, you know, you wouldn't know this. Most of your listeners wouldn't know these things, but my daughter was murdered. So I happened to know everything that that went on. Broward County lost at least 12,000 students in the public school system since the the Douglas, since the shooting in Parkland. That's refreshing to hear that someone made you a promise who is a politician, which, Andy, as you and I both know, usually means nothing. And that they followed up. You know, uh, the governor's got a reputation for that. I can speak to it personally right. myself. And that's refreshing to hear that he told you something and went and actually did it. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'm for holding these officials. Not, he didn't point the finger at anyone. He says, I'm going to hold local officials accountable. And the first month when he called me and said, Andy, I'm coming down. We're going to, I want, this is a failed sheriff. We're going to remove him. It was unbelievable, man. He actually flew down. He had to have an emergency landing that day. His plane failed. So we were like hours late. He came down to Broward, removed that sheriff. And and you know that, you know, he ran again in the next election and almost won yeah. in Broward. That, that's how polluted Broward is with, uh, with, with uh, liberalism. They almost put this guy back in office. And, you know, he's working now. He's the chief of police in Opelika in, in Miami, oh, if you can believe it. They actually hired no. him. I can't. Yeah. I, that I didn't I, know. Yeah, that I didn't yeah. know. He just, oh, he Andrew it, man. I had to get out of there, yeah. man. That's why. But, you know, <laughs> I let, let me bring up. If anybody's something. earned the right to take a break, Andrew, believe me, it is yeah. you. You've been a warrior. Take a break. Uh, I, I, I'm, I got good. a ranch now, Dan, in Oregon. I, I got cattle. I got goats. I, I'm working. I'm keeping busy. But something I'm proud of, I'm going to tell you what's going on in Florida, is my son, Hunter. Uh, Hunter yeah. is a, both my kids are amazing, but this, you know, Hunter, uh, is at FSU. He barely graduated. He had to go to an alternative high school, my son. Right. So right. my daughter Mer- Meadow gets murdered. Uh, he wasn't even in college. Uh, uh, this light goes off. He goes, he starts going to Palm beach. Uh, there's a community college. He transferred yeah, to, yeah, he transferred to FSU and now, I fast forward now. 
He's in his third year of law school, and he he won. Now he's in the gubernatorial fellowship with DeSantis, and they pay his whole last year of law nice. school. Nice. Like, so let's give a national him. shout out to Hunter Pollock. Nice. Yeah, that is a great man. story. I did not, yeah, Andrew, I haven't spoken to you in a while. Folks, this is the first yeah. time me and Andrew have spoken in a long time. I did not know that. I need to get yeah, an update on that. That's great. Alternative school. That's, so I told him, I said, son, if you want your father around, when you, it's almost like tearing me up because it's unbelievable. So I told him, you want your father around you when you graduate, you move somewhere up north Florida. Because if you move to Broward, I'm not coming back to Florida. <laughs> but if you move somewhere in your neck of the woods, where it's it's a little it's better. I'm I'm coming back to Florida and I'll bounce back and forth. Andrew, I gotta run. The computer's gonna cut us okay, off. It's just a, yeah, I'm gotcha. so sorry. You're my you're probably one of the best guests we've ever had. You're a good friend. God bless yep. you, sir. I I gotta okay, run though. Brother. Thanks, Andrew. Take care. You got it. Take care. All right, folks. I gotta take a break before the computer shuts us down. We'll be right back. Up next, we talk with Jeff James. Jeff James is a friend of mine. Former colleague from the Secret Service. He's an expert in physical security. He was a good man when I worked with him. He knows his stuff. Folks, I got to tell you, there's one interview you've listened to all year. Despite all the big names we've had, this is it. He talked about how to prevent another school mass shooting like we saw and how to get out of these active shooter scenarios. There is priceless information in this. Well, it's finally happened. The Fed's realizing the dire straits our economy is in thanks to our incredibly loose monetary policy. It's been for a long time. Apparently, you can't spend trillions every year with no repercussions. They're figuring it out now and trying to play catch-up. The Fed's been raising rates and plans to seven times this year. You're already starting to see those ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. Have you considered what could happen in the stock market if our economy stalls out? Why not take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold? I did just that. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. Text DAN, D-A-N, to 989898 for a free, zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. With countless five-star reviews and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, I trust the pros at Birch Gold. Text DAN to 989898 and secure the gains you made while you can. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Here's Jeff James friend and former colleague about how to proceed after the tragedy in Texas. I want to introduce to you a friend of mine. You may have seen him on my Fox News show. He was on Fox before. Former Secret Service agent and an expert in these physical security matters. Uh, Jeff James. Jeff, welcome to the radio show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Sure. Well, uh, you and I have a lot of work history together. You're a great guy and you're an actual um, expert on this. I can vouch for him personally. So, Jeff, I wanted to talk about, you know, fixes and things we can do to try to mitigate this threat. Um, you know, I explained to the audience, even in our prior line of work, we can never guarantee someone's not going to try to assassinate the president. But what we right. did in our line of work is we made it really damn hard. And I just wonder why that conversation doesn't happen about schools. It always turns to don't be political fix. Let's pass a bill. And one of the things I thought about is, you know, SROs, school resource officers, you know, we have billions of dollars we just gave to schools for all kinds of COVID things. Um, having an armed security officer there, it doesn't mean this stuff isn't going to happen. But in your professional opinion, do you, th do you think it makes a difference? Absolutely. Um, the first thing I will tell you in my experience with consulting with school districts, the first thing that needs to be gotten rid of 
is the denial that this kind of thing is going to happen. I, I will go to school districts as a, as a consultant, and I also deal with private businesses, and I will literally hear people say, it's never going to happen here. And look, there's, there's almost 200,000 public schools in America. By the time you add in parochial schools, charter schools, and private schools, you're well over 200,000. There aren't going to be 200,000 school shootings. But to think with everything we've seen that you are immune to it is wrong. So the first thing that needs to be gotten rid of is the denial. Um, and, and you're right. The second thing is we need to harden these places. Um, an interesting article that I read today by, by a former colleague of ours, Don Mihalik, talked about yeah. Yeah, that uh, you don't see this in inner city schools. Because what do inner city schools do? They're big brick buildings with armed guards and metal detectors. So you're not seeing this kind of thing happen very much in their city unless it's a targeted attack, of, you know, one gang against another. But, you know, these bad guys do research, too. We've seen that in these in these previous shootings that they will intentionally look for soft targets. So if you're not doing doing the things, layered security, um, the, the ability to not deny access to people who come up and just push the buzzer and say, hey, I want to come in, um, you know, hardening your glass and look. We know security can be expensive and it can be inconvenient, but if you're not putting some kind of layers in place, uh, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure. We're talking to Jeff James, former colleague of mine, Secret Service agent and an expert uh, in school security is uh, since retired from the Secret Service. Jeff, you know, I don't know if I, I was in T.S. I know um, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you were I was a wheel man. You, were you counter surveillance CSU? I was. Yeah. So you know a lot about surveilling and counter surveilling and everything. Like that. When I was in TS, we had an adage. I don't know if you heard of it, especially on in-towns, in-town trips. The guys would say, um, you know, listen, you want to be in the motorcade the day after they try to kill the president. Because the day after, let me tell you something. There ain't nothing that's going to happen the day after it. And I just bring that up because you were, you're, 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 you're right. It's this apathy out there that, oh, it's never going to happen here that leads to things like this where, and, and granted you were not, neither one of us is saying that out of the 300,000 schools, thank the Lord that this is a mass epidemic across the country. It's not. But the point is, it's like saying, don't change the oil on a plane because there's only a one in a thousand chance it may crash. Like I'm not willing to take that chance because the penalty is death. So this is the kind of thing where we have the assets to do this and the, the, the security solutions are out there and we should be taking them and, and digesting them. I mean, Give me some other things like man traps, you know, blueprints for the cops, things I've done. These are all things we can do right now. Like the technology's there and it's not even that expensive. Right. Something as simple as configuring your lobby so that you have a captured entrance. So if somebody gets through that first door, say, you know, the person who's giving admittance is the secretary, right? Somebody pushes the button and says, hey, I'm here to pick up my kid. They come through that first door. And at that point, the secretary sees something untoward. They... That way, they're trapped in there. They, they would need to be granted access through that second door before they could gain entry to the building. And look, they can shoot through the glass and walk through like Lanza did at, at Sandy Hook. But all, what that does is buy some time. And the other thing I advocate in all schools I, I coordinate security with is anyone in your school district should be able to call a lockdown. I don't care if it's a maintenance guy, if it's a secretary, if it's a superintendent. They should have a mechanism in place where... If your maintenance guy sees a guy walking across your parking lot with a rifle, he should be able to hit a button on his phone or get to a hard button or something and let everybody know to lock down right now. Um, 
because if that secretary sees it, but she has no mechanism to fix the problem, then it's still then it's still a failure. So yeah, there, there are there are some cost low cost solutions that are sustainable that can be put in place. And look, you get it too. We talked about it. you know the uh, armored glass is heavy and it's hard and it's extremely expensive, but it doesn't need to be all that. There there are other mitigations you could uh, other things you could put in place that are that are almost cost free. And the biggest one is training. And you've heard me hit this button before. Um, you know it, it it has to be a consistent constant thing that you're doing in your district several times a year to train your people to say, you know, not only this is what we're looking for if we see a guy with a gun, but this is what we're looking for in behaviors. Now, people don't just snap. In every one of these school shootings, what always comes out, their social media, that they glorified Hitler, that they glorified uh, Columbine. There are there is a clear pattern of behavior that leads people to the path toward violence. That if you know what you're looking for, it's easy to see. Yeah. Jeff, you know the saddest part about this is you were literally just on my Fox show this past weekend after Buffalo giving people practical measures in the case of an active shooter scenario. And you're here again. For as much as I love talking to you, you're a good friend. I really hate talking to you under these circumstances. It's really uh it's it's so unbelievably sad. But I'm glad you brought, there's one point there. So you say, so I had a bunch of questions planned. I haven't got to one yet because you keep saying so many interesting things. One of the things uh, you said I want to highlight to the audience in, in our prior line of work, you are not guaranteeing someone's not going to attack the president or target violence. Just like in schools, there's nothing. There is no bill that's going to stop a kid with a psychopathological disorder all the time from trying to kill people. You're not. What you can do is you can buy time. Time buys you the power to think. The power to think gives you the opportunity in the fog of war to make a decision. And the decision enables you to live. So that's where a school security officer comes in. Is it, is it, the guy's not going to be He-Man. He's not Batman. There's a good chance that he may, sadly, or she get killed. But again, if they engage the target, it buys you time. A man trap door you described buys you time. A simple act, and I'd like you to get into this because you mentioned it on my show this past weekend, of locking a door can buy you time too, because what did you find out about locked doors in your research on this? Yeah. So it, and it's one of the things I brought up last week that um, now I don't know, it, it looks like the, the pattern still holds up in yesterday's incident, but no child has died in a school shooting if they were behind a locked door, unless they were injured before they got behind the door. Um, so look, the, these people don't want, and uh, the, the exception is in, unless it's a targeted act, like if it's a workplace shooting and you were the boss who fired me and I'm coming to find you, I might try to shoot my way through that door if I know you're in your office. But if I'm deranged and all I want is a high body count, I'm not going to waste the time trying to get through a locked door when I can find a target rich environment where, where people are in the halls or people in a, in a playground or in the cafeteria. Um, so, yeah, getting behind a locked door and hiding and staying quiet we have found that that is, in these incidents, a true lifesaver. You see, folks, this is what actual solutions-oriented guys sound like. Jeff's not running for office, okay? He's not looking for your vote. This is real stuff. Another thing you said, um, and Jim, we got to put this interview on the podcast weekend show because I need everyone to hear this. This is really critical stuff. You always emphasize the value of you've got to practice. Now, remember... Our prior line of work, right? You're doing a four-man shift with a shift leader. We used to do PDT, protective detail training. It's like a ballet, right, Jeff? You're the number one. You go here, then you go there. To the point where when the president moves, you just know where to go. You don't think. You just go. And there's not a hole in that security plan. He's got 360 coverage all the time. 
you can't expect a bunch of nine and 10 year olds to watch a video once and then just expect to know what to do. I know it's traumatic. We both get that. But you know what's more traumatic? Them not knowing what to do. God forbid that that deranged lunatic shows up at their school. Right. And you know, another point I always make to people when I'm when I'm blessed and fortunate enough that people invite me out to teach my class. Do you know the last time a child died in a, in a school fire in America? It was December 1st, 1958. It was the Our Lady of the Angels School in Chicago. Fire breaks out. And I'll make the long story short. The nuns pretty much said, hey, let's just stay here. The firemen will rescue us. Well, that went tragically wrong. Uh, 92 pupils and three nuns lost their lives. At that point was when they started to mandate changes about the, the biggest thing is fire drills, monthly fire drills. Now, you'll take a kindergartner who starts school in September. By Christmas, they've been through three or four fire drills, and they would know where to go if the teacher wasn't in the room and the fire alarm still goes off. It doesn't mean they're not scared. It means they've learned a pattern. You can't really train elementary students like you can high school kids to react to these kind of shootings, but you can have a little touch points with them that say, hey, we're going to practice we're going to practice where to hide if a bad guy gets in here. Or I used to tell the gym teachers, if you have a wood line around your school, play a game a couple times in, at the beginning of the year with a kid saying, hey, I'm going to time you running to the wood line and back, see who, see who does it in under a minute. So if that shooter is outside, well, those kids are outside for recess or for gym class, and someone says, run to the wood line and hide in the wood line, they know where to go. They've heard it a couple of times. So while we can't train them to the level of, of adults, we can certainly give them touch points that are going to that they can pull on again in the future in those moments of high stress and high anxiety and, and fear. So valuable. Uh, Jeff, last question. We're talking to Jeff James. Folks, if you're out there in a school, um, look him up. Former Secret Service agent, colleague of mine. The man's expertise is just uh, invaluable. Uh, I had a few ideas I put out. I just want to throw by you. I mentioned them on my podcast earlier. You know, things we used to do in the in the Secret Service, right? I always carry door chocks. Um, I, I know you probably use them too. Um, why? Because they're simple. If you lock a door and you throw a, you know, a triangular piece of wood that costs you a nickel, the door's a whole lot harder to open with a door chock. You know, these are, what does it cost? I mean, seriously, a buck? You can get a door chock for a dollar. Uh, giving blueprints to the local police department. You know, so they have it in advance. So when that SWAT team, God forbid, gets there, they're not looking for rooms. You know, a lot of them have already done this work, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Hey, you guys need the blueprints. We'd like you to have them. You know, fencing around the school, cameras, these are all practical things you can do, right? Yeah, and not only practical, but simple. So think of what you already have at a school. You have a wood shop. That wood shop teacher in one class can make, even if you have a giant school district with a thousand doors, can make you a thousand door chalks in a week very easily. You don't even have to pay for it. You, you got the stuff there already. You can use scrap wood. Uh, the other part about marking the rooms, you know, uh, just get to the copy machine and, and make an eight and a half by 11 sign that you're putting on the exterior of a room so that when, when the SWAT team rolls up and they say, all right, we're looking for room 106, it's very easy to identify. Um, yeah, these things have, um, you, you know, look, I, I get it. This, this stuff is frightening. They don't want to scare kids, but, it, but it's, it's the life-saving part. I still hear people say another thing with the it'll never happen here is the part about, well, you know, uh, people get anxiety being around guns. We don't know if we want police walking around. Um, you know, we, we need to be, you know, we need to be uh, cognizant of, of what people fear. Well, I tell you what, I guarantee I gosh darn guarantee that all those parents in not just yesterday, but any of these events would have rather had good guys with guns in that building yesterday than, than 
anything else than any other asset they could have had, whether it was a counselor or whether it was um, an authoritarian administrator. None of those were going to solve that problem yesterday. And not that those folks aren't valuable in this system of education that we have, but in yesterday's problem that we saw, that was not going to solve the problem. Jeff, I got to run, but I, I agree with your point. These kids will figure it out. They understand. I mean, how many kids have we protected in our time? Kids are protectees. They're around men with guns and security plans all the time. I've never heard one of them be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so traumatized. They love it. So they'll yeah. adjust. Like, I, I told, they totally get it. We've done this before. Jeff James, thanks so much for your time. You're an invaluable voice in tragic times like this. Thanks for your practical tips. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me on. You got it. You got it. Folks, Jeff James, look him up. Former Secret Service agent. Good friend. Good man practical stuff to try and fix this. That was Jeff James. I told you it was going to be a powerful interview. Spread that around. Some good tips in there. Up next, we talk to Dinesh D'Souza about his blockbuster film, 2000 Mules. And importantly, it's an update because of all the attacks on him. He had to come back and address all the liberal nonsense. Let me get to our next sponsor first. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We talked to the great Dinesh D'Souza about his critically important new movie, 2000 Mule. We've been encouraging you to go check out, with an open mind, the movie 2000 Mules. It is a uh, thorough evisceration of the 2020 was the safest election in human history BS we've been hearing from the left over and over again. Uh, We've had Dinesh D'Souza on a couple times. We wanted to invite him back to address the... Apparently coordinated assault against this movie to prevent you from seeing the truth. So, Dinesh D'Souza, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, it's important to have you. Um, I like you as a friend, but, you know, listen, uh, my brother, this is not charity. This is an important mission you have undertaken to expose some what appears to be severe malfeasance in the 2020 election geo-tracking what appear to be ballot mules going to election harvesting centers, collecting ballots and dropping them off at drop boxes. Now, since this film has been a runaway success and 2000 mules.com, if you would like to see it, you have been under just relentless assault. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to address some of the hacks who've been attacking you, Dinesh. One of the first things they say is this geo-tracking where you track these mules to ballot boxes using their cell phones, Ah, that's just not accurate. It's not even accurate to 100 feet. We don't know where we don't know where they went. How do you answer that? Well, if it was not accurate to within 100 feet, it'd be really difficult for an Uber driver to know exactly to pick up a customer. (laughs) You know, if you go into a field, I mean, take your phone and just toss it into some tall grass. Right. And then go to find my phone, which is basically geotracking. If you're not going to get within 30 feet, it'll take you straight to your phone. The CDC is using (laughs) geo-tracking. CDC is using it to verify if people are social distancing. So think about that. If geo-tracking were not accurate to within six feet, how would this, how would it be useful to the CDC? Yeah. As you note, I read your lengthy back and forth with the hapless uh, Philip Bump from the Washington Post. 
Um, Philip Bump, who seems consistently confused by the science there, you know, they, they seem to claim that this is inaccurate, but you note that even Supreme Court Justice, uh, uh, Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, in the Supreme Court uh, hearing there, has noted that it's the equivalent of basically an ankle monitor. And uh, Bump seems to come back with this just unscientific assertion that there's just no way to ascertain where a potential mule went by tracking the phone. Dinesh, this this really seems like, uh, I'd say grasping at straws, but this there's not even straws there. This is just a desperate attempt to make this data go away because it's an inconvenient narrative for them, isn't it? Well, even if you take his number, his argument still fails. Because, in fact, somebody said the other day on social media, they were kind of picking up on Philip Bump. They go, Dinesh, listen, you know, if I can place you within 30 feet of a gay bathhouse and another one and another one, are you going to be okay if I say that you're a frequenter of gay bathhouses? And I, and I responded, said, listen, if over a two-week period you can find my cell phone within 30 feet of more than 10 gay bathhouses, you're pretty safe in concluding I'm a regular customer. Right. Dinesh, now you, I want to be clear about this, too. These mules that appear in the movie from the geo-tracking to be moving from ballot harvesting NGO centers to ballot boxes. It was not, you had a very strict criteria. I can't say this enough. The left keeps winking and nodding that, oh, this could have been just a few Joe Blows who took their grandma's ballot to the box. No, no, no. Unless they had 10 grandmas and went to 10 different ballot boxes, Am I, if I'm wrong, correct me. They did not show up in your very strict criteria as to what you categorize in the film as a mule. Yes. To be really clear, the, the high bar that you have to jump to even be counted as one of these 2,000 mules, you have to go to 10 or more drop boxes. In addition, you have to go to five or more of these left-wing vote stash houses. So if someone's just leaving their home with a bunch of ballots, First of all, there's a reason not to go to to go to more than one drop box, right? Why not put all your family's ballots in one box? You don't need to go from box to box, let alone in the middle of the night, let alone wearing latex gloves, let alone taking photos of the ballots going in. All of that makes no sense if someone is just dropping off ballots for the family. So I think when you see the movie as a totality, you realize just the outright absurdity of the claim that people are just dropping off, quote, family ballots. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza. Please check out his movie, 2000 Mules. It's the number. It's not spelled out. It's the number, 2000mules.com, 2000mules.com. You will never look at the 2020 election the same way. Dinesh, let's hit some other, uh, some more of their nonsense. Uh, you, you, the whistleblower who, true the vote, had gotten a hold of it, claimed that in order to get paid for dropping off these ballots, which would be illegal, I might add, um, you had to take some picture at the ballot box. So you see that in some of the videos, some of these photos. Now, again, some of these left wingers have said, well, that was just people taking pictures of, of voting. Um, um, you know, and I, and I first heard that, I said, oh, all right. Well, it sounds about right. They leave out, of, of course, the fact that these people were geotracked to be included in the movie to nine other ballot boxes. But how do you answer that? Oh, no, no, they were just taking pictures of voting because they were just so happy to be voting that day. I mean, it does happen. 
Yeah, so, you know, so Philip Bump initially, I think, had the idea that the taking of the photos was the sole way that we were insisting that the mules got paid. But that's right. not the case. What I told him was, look, a whistleblower called into the True the Vote hotline and he said, I'm paid $10 a ballot. I got even more in the runoff. And they and the True the Vote guys were like, are you the only guy? And he's like, are you kidding? It's a whole operation. All of us are being paid. So in other words, this was directly coming from an informant. And then True the Vote goes, OK, why don't we buy the geotracking data in the greater Atlanta area? And let's see if we can document the magnitude of this operation. So the whistleblower was who kicked it off. Now, obviously, the whistleblower is in hiding, doesn't want his name to be known. That's why I didn't put him in the movie uh, is because he's anonymous. But but the evidence for the payments comes from the whistleblower, and it's then supported by the fact these guys are taking pictures. By the way, they're not taking pictures of each of themselves. It's not like a selfie with like one of those I voted stickers. They're only taking photos of the ballots going in the box. So what's the explanation for that? Yeah, and by the way, if you were so proud to be voting, they would typically go to a voting location, not drop it off at a ballot box. I mean, it just seems quite odd. Uh, One of the other criticisms I I saw from Philip Bump um, and others is that, well, you you don't have a lot of video in the film. There's just, you know, the geo-tracking for them, it's good enough for, you know, uh, again, attacking people who were there on January 6th, the lefties, but it's not good enough for this case. They said they're just making that up, but... They say you don't have enough video of ballots going to multiple boxes. So how do you answer that, the criticism of 2,000 mules? Yeah, this is a key point. It was also raised by Ben Shapiro. And my answer is this. If the states did their job and you had video at all the drop boxes, you would be able to see the mules at every single drop box. The problem is that even, I mean, some whole states did not take video at all. Other places like Arizona turned videos off for some reason. Some of the video cameras aren't even pointed at the Dropbox. They're like pointed at a tree or something else. So what you have, the situation is something like this. It's like a serial killer who's gone to five different homes and killed people and left actually his DNA. Obviously, in this case, it's digital DNA, the DNA of your cell phone, unmistakably placing you at those locations. But only one of the five homes has a camera. And so, sure enough, you can tell from the geo-tracking, the guy got to the home at 2 a.m. in the morning, you look on the camera at exactly that moment, there he is. So it's no objection to that to say, well, wait a minute, how come I don't see video of him at the other homes? Well, that's because there weren't any cameras at those places, but he can nevertheless be unmistakably placed there because his phone was there. We're talking to Dinesh D'Souza about his uh, just eye-opening new film, 2000 Mules. 2000mules.com, 2000mules.com, where you can get information about where you can see, buy this film, watch this film, pick up the DVD, spread it around. Everyone needs to see it. Dinesh, one of the other criticism, which, criticisms, which I find patently absurd, especially given the fact that the left for four years took the word of a foreign spy um, who claimed there was a pee-pee tape that never existed. So that was good enough to write an endless series of stories to impeach or, uh, you know, try to impeach a president. Uh, it's, it's just embarrassing how the left, you know, they, okay, it's just going to get me upset. But they say your whistleblower in the movie who came forward and was what started this investigation. Oh, you're just taking his word for it. Don't you find that kind of strange? Again, that the whole Russian collusion thing was based on a farcical set of lies from a guy who had no facts or evidence to back it up. You produce video, geo-tracking data, and a whistleblower to back up your assertions, and yet you find yourself under relentless assault from left-wing goons. 
I mean, think about this. I didn't even put the whistleblower in the movie. That shows you how much weight I gave to the whistleblower. The, what happens is whenever you're solving a crime, you know this as well as anyone else, you develop a hypothesis. And so the whistleblower was helpful in saying, this is what happened to me. He might have been lying. Now, if he was lying, the geo-tracking would not have found the mules because there obviously was nothing going on. But True the Vote just used the whistleblower to sort of test a hypothesis. That, that a hypothesis was tested both through the cell phone geo-tracking and through the video, the surveillance video confirmation. And it's only the actual evidence, not the whistleblower, that ends up in the film 2000 Mules. By the way, let me say, Dan, this movie is going into 400 theaters this weekend. Uh, and it's going to be normal showings four, four times a day. So I would urge people to go. It's a whole different experience to see this thing in the theater with your friends, with your group. So, and if we do well in the theater this weekend, boy, we'll be in even more theaters next weekend. Well, the movie's been an unbelievable success. And, you know, it, it, everybody's talking about it. Well, where can they uh, get those locations at 2000mules.com? They got the yeah, way where they can see the movie. Right. Just go to the website and it'll link you to Fandango and these ticket sites. You put in your zip code, boom, the theater will come up near you. Buy the ticket at Fandango, go see the movie. So it's very easy. This is not a case where you have to buy a virtual ticket or something. Just go to the website, click on movie tickets, and you'll be set to go this weekend. Okay. One, Dinesh, one, the, uh, listen, the, the, the criticisms of the movie, again, are absurd. Um, they're absurd. I got just a few minutes left with you, but the attacking geo tracking, which is used by law enforcement, the military to kill people and saying it's not, it's just dumb. It makes you look silly by even saying that. But the only criticism I found mildly compelling at all, and by mildly, believe me, I mean mildly, was they say at one point, well, you know, the, 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 the ballot mules going up there with, the, with gloves on, rubber gloves on and disposing them. Well, they may have been concerned about COVID. I, again, I emphasize the mild and mildly. But how, how do you respond to that? Like it could have been a COVID thing. They were just freaked out about touching a ballot box. How do you yeah, address that? You know, so, so initially the fact checker said, well, Dinesh, you've got to remember it was really cold. And then I pointed out these aren't woolen gloves, they're latex gloves. So then they switched to the COVID explanation. Now, here's the key point. As you know, in a case, you always have to match the facts with, to, to see which fits the facts well. Right now, basically all the way through Election Day 2020, if you look at the videos of mules, no gloves. But in the Georgia runoffs in the middle of December, suddenly gloves start appearing. And so the question becomes, why then? As it turns out, right at that point, there was a, an indictment in Arizona in which the FBI busts a ballot trafficking scheme, makes arrests. And it turns out that they were able to nab these people because they left fingerprints on multiple ballots. And immediately the word goes out to the mules, start wearing gloves. So when you put these facts together, no gloves before, I think it's December 22nd, gloves appear after December 23rd. That's a far more precise explanation for what you see than just chanting COVID. Folks, I can't encourage you. I hate the Washington Post. It's a ridiculous, absurd left-wing outlet. But if you read the back and forth between the hapless Philip Bump and Dinesh, you will see Dinesh D'Souza conclusively wins the argument, wins the day. Uh, Dinesh, the movie's great. Folks, it's 2,000 mules. The number, 2000mules.com. You can catch it in the movie theaters this weekend. Pick up the DVD. Spread the word. We can't let this happen again. Dinesh, thanks for doing the movie. And uh, we'll definitely have you back. Give us an update on this. Thanks a lot. I look forward to it. Thank you, Dan. 
You got it, folks. 2000mules.com. It's the most important thing you can do for this next election is to see what happened in the last one. 2000mules.com. By the way, I know I got to run, Jim, but one more quick thing. You notice how Dinesh has actual answers and liberals have nothing but false accusations? You notice that? Strange, right? We're always... They have no, uh, yeah, no uh, uh, uh. you notice that answers clear, concise to the point. That's how we roll. That was Dinesh D'Souza with an update on the movie. You got to see 2000 mules, ladies and gentlemen, the video geo tracking evidence in that movie, a ballot harvesting at these NGOs, ballot harvesting at these ballot boxes. It's just stunning. I'm hearing there's some investigations that may come out of it. This is really good news. We need elections that are open and free and easy to vote in, but super hard to cheat in. We always appreciate you listening on the special Sunday podcast we put together for you. It's been one year on the radio, too. Can't believe it. If you want to listen to the radio, check us out. We're on over 300 radio stations. Go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder to find out where I'm on right near you. Thanks for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.